0: Whoa, static electricity, crazy. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. Today's the service for February 28th, 2021. And uh, this is both a drive-in service and there's plenty of cars here, that's wonderful. There's also some seats over here. And uh, so they're they're spread out, socially distanced if you want to sit in a chair. It's windy, and that's why we have the worship band in the narthex, uh, and then we have me out here in the wind, and then we have cars and seats. Okay, that's enough of me talking. Uh, I I don't think I have any announcements other than this is the second week of Lent, and I'm really glad that each of you is here, and I'm glad that each of you are listening to the podcast at home. Um, I have... Erica Farless, and she's going to do, since it's our 60th anniversary year, she's going to give us one last uh, week of how God has worked through the student ministries at this local outpost of God's kingdom. Erica, take it away.
1: All right. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. So we're going to round up our month of memories from our youth program by taking it back to where it all began. And I have a huge thank you to Marcia Millar, who took a walk down memory lane to share some of her experiences and involvement with the program. Around the beginning of our church here in the 1960s, Pastor Studer's wife, Virginia, and many of the church members volunteered their time to run the student ministries. In the early 70s, Doris and Bob McGaha took up the program and volunteered their time to the youth. Doris disciplined the young woman in the program and led them in a Bible study held at their house down by the beach. Her husband, Bob, led a few young women in a quartet where they would perform and sing on many occasions. The group at this time became very close. They enjoyed many a night enjoying ice cream after Bible studies at Farrell's Ice Cream Parlor. They'd get together for toilet-papering shenanigans, which on one occasion included toilet-papering the church itself. With this group, they headed to Forest Home for the first time, and we know how special those memories have been. Another special memory included being involved in the Presbyterian Summer Volleyball League, where the youth would compete against other Presbyterian churches in our area, St. Andrews being one of them. Around the mid-70s came the Beach Boy Days, led by Mike Bauer. These were the years when the youth group guys would not sing anything but the Beach Boys songs. They enjoyed trips to the pizza place at the local strip mall behind the church, which is now a community of houses. Chris Strutt joined up to lead the students in the mid-70s to early 80s, and during his time, he gathered youth to sing in the Agape Choir. They would load that PCC church bus, a.k.a. the Golden Beast, and tour from Northern California in San Francisco to Tahoe to Carson, staying in churches along the way. Now, side note, Chris Strutt did leave for a while and returned to the same position in the 90s. Around that time, there was also Terry Kallenberg, who led the God Squad on Wednesday nights, and I know that Sharon Yeager-Lenner helped to provide many dinners for the large number of students who would attend. Terry also led the music at the junior high camp at Forest Home. It's been fun to learn about the history of our youth ministries here at PCC, and I can't resist but end in the words of the Beach Boys, God only knows what we'd be without you.
0: Thank you, Erica. Would you please stand, if you're able, for this morning's call to worship? And the psalmist calls us saying, You're the reason for my praise. It comes from you and goes to you. I will keep my promise to praise you before all who fear you among the congregation of your people. I will invite the poor and broken and they will come and eat and, until satisfied. Bring Yahweh praise and you will find him. Your hearts will overflow with life forever. From the four corners of the earth, the peoples of the world will remember and return to the Lord. Every nation will come and praise him for the Lord is king of all who takes charge of all the nations let us stand and sing or remain standing and sing we have a story to tell the nations the lyrics are found on the back of your order of, order of worship good morning
2: and the tempo is going to be a bit it's a marching uh, not order but a marching motivation for the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. One of the great songs is the tradition of the revivalist movement. Let's do it quick and loud. <clears throat>
3: Good morning Carrie isn't feeling well today so our prayers go out to her children and youth you are dismissed to Sunday school this morning Reverend Sharon is also out today she had her second shot and is feeling a bit on the puny side uh, this uh, confession is from her we are a people born of water and the spirit we have made promises to be Christ's faithful disciples and to show his love to our life's end. Although we fail to fulfill those baptismal vows, God's faithful love endures forever. Confident of God's grace, let us confess our sin and the sins of the world together. O Lord, our God, you call us to work for a world where all will be fed and have dignity but we find ourselves distracted by our own desires. You call us to seek justice and peace, but we are satisfied with injustice and discord. You call us to bring liberty to the oppressed, but we do not insist on freedom for all. Forgive us, O Lord. Turn us to your will by the power of your spirit so that all may know your justice and peace. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Do not fear, says the Lord, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. God is doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. By the grace of Jesus God, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God.
4: Good morning. I know you can't see us, but this is the band. We wanted to be outside with you today, but we had a, a mini hurricane. We had tents flying and music stands toppling, so in the sake of, or the best interest of being with you instead of not playing, we're just in the foyer just inside the door. So we're imagining we're in your cars with you or sitting at home with you, and you can imagine you're inside the church with us, but wherever we are listening on a podcast or listening in our cars or the few brave ones sitting outside, let's just focus our hearts, our minds into a place of peace. and Let's sing to God who dwells within and around us. You know, it says in Zephaniah that God is singing and dancing over us, so as we we sing together, wherever we're at, that's exactly what God is doing. Isn't that kind of cool? All
2: creatures of the God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing. Hallelujah. Thou burning sun with golden beam. Thou silver moon with softer gleam. art so strong The clouds that sail To bless and worship Him in humbleness. Oh, raise Him, Hallelujah! Praise, praise the Father, praise the Son. Oh Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever breathe. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. We live for you. Above every other name, Jesus, the only one who could ever say, Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. We live for you. The whole
4: one more time.
0: just made some bold promises and uh my prayer is we have opened god's word for us this morning take off my mask okay and you net you netta can you hear kind of okay kind of charlotte perfect I was saying, what was I saying? I was saying something. I was saying, like, we just made some bold promises to God. And my prayer as I begin uh, our time in the Word this morning is that the Spirit would fill us up, that we might be able to live up to those promises, to build our life upon the love of of God found in Jesus Christ. Amen? This is kind of actually awesome. I feel like uh, this is like a living room sermon i don't know how that feels that way but it does because i think i'm on the same level Um, anyway i'm really once again glad to be a part of such amazing team thank you round of applause and uh, yeah even in your cars just to the the philip and all the the sound and the worship band. everybody's just rolling with curveballs and god is praised right this is a gorgeous day and we're we're here together And let's look at scripture together. This is the second week, like I said in the introduction of Lent. Um, And our text is a familiar one. Uh, We're going to be preaching uh, or studying Mark chapter 8. And I'm going to start in verse 31 and end in verse 38. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples... He rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Jesus called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, if you want to become my followers, let themselves, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words and these, this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his father with the holy angels. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our text opens with Jesus beginning to teach. And this is actually the middle of the gospel of Mark. And now he's, he's about to reveal who he really is. And he's about to unleash his teachings and end up being arrested, crucified, dead, and buried because of what he's been doing and teaching. And then he'll rise again. But he says, at the, Mark, says at the beginning of our text, Jesus began to teach. He, he was teaching something new. And um, how many of you If I start singing uh, Flintstones meet the Flintstones. Can you join in with me? Ready? ready. Flintstones meet (laughs) That's pretty good. Right? (laughs) Jesus in his teaching something new he brings up an old text. He starts talking about Daniel. Everybody in the Everybody who's listening to him knows what he's saying. They can finish his sentences. Only he starts things the right way, And then he ends each sentence with a total drastic twist. He, said, I'm the, he's, He starts with, "The Son of Man's going to come." And he's going to die." Everybody listening is, is thinking in the Old Testament where the Messiah doesn't die. If a Messiah, if a guy claims to be the Messiah and then dies, that means he's not the Messiah. That's what all the prophets say. The prophets say if these guys say they're going to do something and they don't do it, that's, that's they're not a true prophet. And dying was nowhere in the mix. So thank God for Peter, right? (laughs) Thank God for Peter in this text. Does anybody else feel like a Peter this week? I've been making mistakes left and right. Anybody with me? No? Okay, last week it wasn't Transfiguration Sunday. (laughs) There's a spoiler there. If anybody was here, I said it was Transfiguration Sunday for the past two weeks. So one of them was wrong, and it was last week. It wasn't Transfiguration Sunday. I'm making mistakes left and right. Here comes Peter. He pulls aside the Son of God. This is almost like a comedy routine. He pulls aside the, con- the 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 Son of God and rebukes him. What? Why does he rebuke him? How could you rebuke the Son of God? He's in the wrong, right? Anybody else agreeing with me? This is awesome. I can actually see when you guys are nodding off. This is really good. You're busted. Anyway, he... I was reading in one commentary, and this guy quoted from a study. Um, there was this study done, and this guy used a stereopticon. Have you have you ever heard of a stereopticon? Allowing the subjects to see two different pictures simultaneously. So this guy doing the study, and he has a stereopticon, and in each it goes in front of the, their eyes, and in each image, so the eyes are seeing two different images at the same time. Does everybody following? That's the study. When a picture of a baseball player was flashed to one eye and a bullfighter to the other, Mexicans reported seeing the bullfighter, and North Americans saw the baseball player. Subjects shown an an anomalous red six of spades will experience vague physical discomfort but identify it as a six of spades we tend to see what we want to see when Peter is looking at Jesus he's seeing a Messiah that's going to be the divine conqueror Jesus isn't that but notice, Jesus looks at the disciples. This is the first—I've I've studied this text a bunch. That's the first time that's popped out at me. He looks at the disciples and then rebukes Peter and says, "Get behind me, Satan." What does that mean? I think it means Peter's not alone. He. Re- Peter's the one who said it, but everybody there is thinking, what? You're not supposed to die. And he's looking at us. And our first kind of application that kind of comes out of our text is, do you ever think that Jesus should be one way And he isn't. Hopefully I'm not alone, and and a lot of times I want Jesus to be this. I want him to make my life easier. I want to talk to him and maybe not have to go through all the valleys that everyone has to go through. And this is why Jesus rebukes rebukes Peter. And that's why this morning he rebukes each of us of trying to make Jesus something he isn't. And if you miss this crucial piece of why he came, because you're expecting him to do something else, that's a huge tragedy. Tragedy. Let's keep cruising in the text. Um, so then, he looks at the disciples, says, "Get behind me, Satan." And this is the big deal. Why is it, I wrote in my notes why is that a, such a why is it such a big deal to Jesus? Why is it such a big deal that? Peter is not understanding that the Son of Man, Jesus the Christ, has to suffer. Because this is a core teaching. This is at the heart. Like I said, this is the beginning of Jesus opening up and not hiding anything and stop saying, like, keep it secret. He's about to go, he's about to battle the evil forces of this world and die on our behalf. And he's got to get some stuff out and he has to teach everybody. And so he he adds to his numbers. He says, okay, disciples gather near and then other people gather round. I'm going to teach you what it means to be a disciple or a student or apprentice or somebody who wants me to lead them in their life. I was, um, in my recovery ministry, I was working at Northeast of the Well uh, a couple years ago, and I got to be close once again with a, with a pastor named Ron Brown. He's He was the president of Santa Ana Teen Challenge. Now he's like over the whole West Coast. He's an amazing man of God. Love the dude. Um, and this brought to mind uh, one of the sermons I, I was listening to him. Jesus in this text is teaching how God... How Jesus is fully God and fully man. That's at the heart of, of what discipleship is. He must suffer because he has one fir- he has one of his feet, his feet firmly planted in the truth that humans suffer. that we suffer that since the fall, This world has been broken and God needed to put his foot in our camp to suffer with us. And then he has the other foot firmly painted in the truth that he is fully God. That he has the power to to cover all of our sins, to show us the way, to be tempted in every single way and yet without sin, to lead us not only is this a truth, a theological truth, this is a call. This is a call for us as disciples. We, we have to have one foot in our suffering. Peter's really mad and we're really mad that we have to stick around here and suffer. But if we don't suffer, nobody who suffers can contact us. We're unreachable. We're high and mighty, and nobody wants to be around us. Right? I'm sorry if I'm preaching. You're seeing my back all morning. Sorry, Patty. And Elsie especially. Holy smokes. What a way to treat an assistant. Round of applause for my my assistant, Elsie. That's wonderful. Thank you. I just wanted to pause, and I wanted to make sure everybody's awake. Good job with the horns, too. There's people up front definitely snoozing a little. But I still love them. So he, he drills down. He says, we have, this, is, this is the core. This is what it means to be my student. This is what it means to be covered in my dust. Is you need to firmly suffer with your brothers and sisters so that people can contact the God who has moved you into relationship with himself through you. Jesus did it for us; we do it for the world, right? So he says, "This is what you got to do." This is a teaching moment. You everybody. How many teachers do we have in here? If you have sunroofs, open them up. It's ninety percent. I, I, everybody recognizes teaching moments, right? I do not. Just there's a little sermon and a little sermonette right here. As a father, I do not realize teaching moments, and my wife needs to say shut up to me a bunch. But that's a whole other subject. That's a whole other sermon. I love you. Thank you, Malia, for being a teacher and teaching me how to teach in teaching moments. But Jesus Christ says, hey, we got a teaching moment. We're going to pull everybody in, circle around. This is how you become a disciple of mine. First, you deny yourself. And this knocks out that whole first, the the objection that Peter has. Peter says, the Messiah is not supposed to die because the Messiah is supposed to turn this thing upside down and we're supposed to be the victors. We're supposed to win. Discipleship with me, Jesus says, starts with losing. Commentator really put it well. Garland, he says this, those who deny themselves say no to the eye that would enslave them and say yes to God. Doesn't that put it, I just puts it right right between the eyes for me. That's the choice for, for choosing to be a disciple of Jesus. It's that first hurdle is do you want to follow your world, uh, follow yourself and be enslaved to the world? You want to say yes to yourself and end up a slave to everything around you? Or do you want to say no to yourself and yes to God and be free? And he says, you got to pick up your cross and you got to follow Jesus. Jesus. And you can sum both those up with, ladies and gentlemen, there's no way around it. We must undergo great suffering. And we must lay down our plans. If you want Jesus to be the the leader and you the disciple, there's no such thing as no Lord. Lord. We come in here with tons of plans. Jesus is calling here right now. Drop all of those and say, Yes, Lord, you fill in the question. That's discipleship. And then he tacks on the end. I'm not kidding around, people. (laughs) I'm not kidding around. You could choose life. Choose me. It's It's that simple. You can choose life or you can choose death. I'm going to put it in your hands. Discipleship starts with you saying yes to me. Yes, I want to be free. Yes, I want to follow you. Yes, I want to love and have the spirit flow through me. Yes, I want to... Sing that song that we just sang right before and mean it. Build my life on the love that you have for me found in Jesus the Christ. A couple applications. Just remind you of the first one. How have you made Jesus into what you want? I got another question, just kind of follow-up question. Has your view of Jesus changed over the years? That's kind of an interactive one. Can somebody say yes or no? It's changed? Describe your first understanding of who Jesus was. Maybe to your neighbor, maybe not to me. And maybe those of you in cars, can you text the person next to you? Can you text me? I don't know. I want some interaction right here where we acknowledge. Actually, maybe I'll just give my testimony of when I first came to Jesus, I thought it meant saying yes to Jesus meant saying I wasn't going to hurt anymore things of this world were going to bounce off me and they weren't going to crush me. But as I've grown older, I've noticed the wisdom and the truth of just this text that we're looking at. We fight it so much, but it's absolutely essential that you and I suffer. have one foot firmly planted in what our neighbors are going through so that we can give them access to the same God that gave us access to himself through Jesus. Was that too complicated? Good. Have you said no to the I and yes to God lately? When I was thinking about it when I was preparing this sermon, it's been a minute or two. It's been a minute or two where I've just said, Lord, take me wherever you want and just lift it up my feet. Cause life gets complicated, right? We got kids. We got we gotta take out the trash. You know, there's there's the real real day kind of stuff that kind of traps us in or piles on on top of our normal. I would say the challenge from this sermon and the challenge from this text this morning is make it small and immediate. Where's somewhere I can say yes to God and no to myself this week? And then my last one is, are you publicly for Jesus? Amen and amen. Now we're going to continue in worship. And for the last couple weeks, our tithes and offerings were $10,235.50. It's interesting. I I mentioned like a month ago, I love when there's change, you know? Was anybody here that Sunday? And since that Sunday, it's always been, I think somebody's like, okay, you see change. I want I want to see pennies now. You know, I want to see like three cents. Anyway, I, I guess that's kind of a weird challenge. But I I should pause and say, thank you, thank you, thank you to every man and woman listening to the sound of my voice. And thank you for faithfully giving to this local outpost. Um, You are loved, and uh, I'm grateful for each of you. We uh, continue in our worship, and uh, I should say for the podcast folk at home, uh, please send your your tithes and offerings to P.O. Box, our Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, or PCC, Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa California 92628 Um, and those of you here at the drive-in service you can drop them at one of the stations as you leave Um, but this morning's tithes and offerings are now received
4: you know we had a song prepared for offering um, but listening to what Jason spoke about today I just don't feel like moving into that song Um, I think we need to repeat the last song that we sang, Build My Life. Um, And really, uh, let this be the um, anthem for your week. Let's sing it again. Worthy of every song we could ever sing.
2: Worthy of all the praise we could ever breathe Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you We live for you and Holy, there is no one like you There is none beside you open up my eyes in wonder
4: Take that into your week. And let that be the dedication of your heart. Remember, you walk step and step with God. And everywhere you go, every word you speak, every thought you think,
3: Why do we pray? We pray because Jesus set the example for us. We pray in obedience to God's word. We pray to discern God's will. We pray for strength to carry on. We pray because we are faithful and trust that God hears our prayers. Standing on these promises, let us pray together. Gracious and merciful God, we thank you for this day, for the warmth of the sun, and for the winds that clear the air. On the second Sunday of Lent, remind us how much Jesus loves us. Remind us what he sacrificed for us, and help us, Lord, not to squander your precious gift. Father, every day we need you. This world thirsts for a savior, but many of us naively walk through life thinking we can do it all on our own. Forgive us, O Lord. Open our eyes to see your presence, to acknowledge you as Lord and savior, to trust your will, and to do your bidding all the days of our lives. We pray for peace and safety in Myanmar and in Hong Kong, where protests are turning violent and citizens are at risk. We continue to pray for the coronavirus to be squashed out worldwide. We pray for the swift manufacturing and distribution of vaccines to every corner of this earth that needs it. And with the delivery of each vaccine, both here in our country and worldwide, may your healing touch, O Lord, be with each dose. We pray for our leaders locally and nationally. Give them wisdom to lead in these unprecedented times. We pray for partisan barriers to be broken down and for our leaders to come together around shared values of governing for the people and by the people. We are Southern Californians, we are Americans, but at our core we are followers of Christ Jesus our Lord. Remind us that we have more in common than not. We lift up everyone among us that is in the process of receiving the vaccination, give strength to their bodies to handle it well, and a peace of mind that they are protected. Even would the vaccines continue to help us endure masking, social distancing, and COVID restrictions that will keep us well and those around us. Thank you, Father, for the swift development of these vaccines. Thank you, Lord, for your presence during the pandemic. Thank you, God, that you promise you will never leave or forsake us. Loving God, we pray for those in our communities, our neighborhoods, in our lives, and right here in our midst. We pray for your sustenance for those who are unemployed and underemployed. We pray for your provision for those who are hungry or without shelter. We pray for your peace for those who are anxious or stressed. We pray for your comfort for those who grieve. We pray for your presence for those who are shut in or lonely. We pray for your healing touch for all those who are ailing. We lift up Bob Rasmussen, Phyllis Smith, Donna Patterson, Kathy Rasmussen, Buzz Costlin, Keith Costlin. May your Holy Spirit enfold them, comfort them, and heal them. We pray, too, for those close to us in need of a healing touch from you today, Lord. and we continue worshiping you, praying as Jesus taught his disciples. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you once again for listening at home for the podcast and then being here the drive-in service. Thank you so much for just following with the just handling the curveballs. You know, this is weird, right? We keep messing around but I loved it being down here so maybe I don't know, maybe I'll come around here. We'll see. Um, We'll definitely not have people behind me though (laughs) right Uh, as before I do the benediction I people texted me as I said hey what uh, how did you first see Jesus one congregant said when I first came to Jesus I just immersed myself in his joy I did not understand suffering never thought about it I've come to understand better now and how I need to feel it more in others and to help them in some way. I need to hear his voice more and obey him, not to be so self-centered. Another congregant wrote, I thought it meant I was saved from my sin, and that would mean freedom from the temptation, and righteousness would be way easier. And then still another one, um, I thought Jesus was the nice guy. And then I also got a text from my wife. Can you bring Maddie, uh, your jacket? Uh, I just, I, I read those because I think all of us hear ourselves, right? And I've, I've missed that so much. Um, as this pandemic has, has caused us to go outside, but just that sliver, that reminder this morning, um, That the people to the right and to the left, they've all had similar journeys. We all started at a place where we thought this—we were signing up for the the yellow brick road, and it was all going to be sunshine and rainbows, and maybe there'd be a unicorn or two. Uh, But Jesus, as He unleashes His teaching in the Gospel of Mark, and here this morning, there's a depth. There's a depth of genuine. This morning we're called once again to make Jesus the Lord of our lives and connect with the world around us the same way he connected with us by meeting us in our suffering. Please stand for this morning's benediction. May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your heart and your mind today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen. I'll see
5: you next week, and we have communion next week. It's going to be fun.